Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with Jun Solano and Andy Mattioli. Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Roma Press Podcast, sponsored by MyBookie. If you want to get your first deposit match dollar for dollar up to $1,000, you can go to MyBookie.com and use promo code ROMAPRESS, and they will match your first deposit, again, up to $1,000. Premier League, La Liga, Serie A. If you like betting on football, check out MyBookie, and again, use promo code ROMAPRESS. Also, a big thank you to three of our newest patrons over at Patreon, Alessandro Blasioli, who you can find on Twitter at A-L-E-X-B-L-A-S. Jeffrey Eric, who you can find on Twitter at J-E-F-518. And then Ibrahim Muhazima, who you can find on Twitter at T-1-O-T-T-I, a wonderful ode to Totti. Again, thank you to all three of you. We appreciate your support. Thank you to all of our wonderful patrons. You allow us to do what we do here. And again, we greatly, greatly appreciate it. So Andy, typically we would just start out with the match, what we think is going to happen. But of course, after this press conference with Fonseca, very different than all of the other ones, I think. I, I, it seems that was the general sentiment amongst most supporters, most in the media. The body language, the attitude, the way he was speaking, even his answers in general were just so different than everything or all of the other press conferences that we've seen from him. I've tweeted out that this, this seems like a guy almost uh, resigned to his fate. What did you make before we get into the match? What did you make of Fonseca? Because I, oh man, that for those who who were supporting Roma at the time, that had the the entire feeling of of Rudy Garcia in his final press conference. That was just so, um, man, the mood. It, it, it seemed like a, a funeral almost. Very different and bizarre. I thought. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because well, this is you know this is, um, I think. We have this with like every manager. <laughs> it seems like we've had this experience over and over um, with, with with manager after manager that there is always there always comes a point where the manager is fully aware that there is really no belief in him uh, all around him, and that includes the management above all. That includes the media. That includes the fans. There is always. There always seems to be uh, uh, sort of a mood uh, uh, of acknowledgement that the end is near. And that was happening with, with Di Francesco as well. Be- but Di Francesco at least managed to prolong that um, that experience, unfortunately, for, for a number of weeks. Remember, every time it seemed like this was the end, he'd get a... He'd get a result. He'd, you know, he'd bag a, a, a draw that would would 
guarantee him one more except, game. Except, one more. Except, except the Coppa Italia where he loses 7-1. Oh, yeah. And he somehow does yeah. not get sacked after that. That guy has, he's yeah. like a cat. He had more than nine lives. That was, that's true. And that's true. But but with Fonseca, it's different because, again, it's, <laughs> we're, we're, tomorrow we're playing the second game of the season, but it feels like we are dealing with a situation uh, near the end of the season, near the end of a disastrous season. I think that because of this very short period of time between one season and the next one, it all feels like a prolonged continuation of the Serie A of last season. It, it, it's the, it feels like you know those three weeks or whatever it was of of uh, of time off, they weren't there. It feels like right after the Sevilla game. It, it it all continued and it all led up to here, and that's I think that's the most disappointing part about this press conference is that you're looking at your second game, you're playing against Juve, you can really you maybe you can get a result. You know this is not it's not a, a game that has been already decided, um, but it felt like it. It felt like this was a man who is aware that. The transfer market is not going to bring the results that he expected it to bring. Um, he has a problem with the team's captain, and this problem has been amplified by the media, by the people around him talking to the media to uh, the point of no return, really. I I, I have a hard time uh, imagining that this could get better. You know, I hope that it does. I hope that they are able to set their differences aside and continue together, uh, Jeco and Fonseca. But uh, usually, when when this happens, and especially in, in a in a club in a football team, uh, it, it, there is too much tension. There is just too much tension to to handle. Um, and then you know the the acknowledgement that there there may be a truth to what the what what everybody's saying that. You know the new management is is looking at a future without Fonseca in it, and his contract is up uh, at the end of the season, and it's almost like a guarantee that uh, this new ownership is going to go a different way. They're going to pick their pick their choices, pick their decisions carefully, um, and as everybody seems to believe. He does not fit into the picture, and and that is, I I I I can understand that it's it's okay, it's normal because it happens when new ownership moves in. Eventually, um, this tough decisions will have to be made, and I understand that there was very little time to act when you know the season ended. Friedkins took over the 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 team, and then it almost felt like. Everything had started up again with the with the transfer market and the new Serie A campaign, and so you didn't really have time to make those tough decisions. But now it it, it dawns on him that that this is it. That this is he's walking a very fine line, and ultimately there doesn't seem to be a future for him. And that to me, at this moment in time, at the start of a new campaign, is 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 not fair to him. I completely agree, and, and I think a lot of this, whether we want to acknowledge it or not, has a lot to do with the actual timing of Friedkin's takeover. So, spoke to the same source I've been speaking with within the Friedkin group, 
just uh, over the last couple of days about this whole situation because it, it is bizarre because here's the thing that I think we need to acknowledge and lay out. So with 100% certainty, there is no denial. Roma, they have had contact with Max Allegri. 100%, we can put that aside. We're, that's something we have to acknowledge, okay? They have indeed had contact with Allegri. Now, I think a lot of what we're seeing is in relation to when the actual takeover happened. So the, the individual I spoke with, Efrikin, what he talked about was our plans that we had, that we had laid out and, and came up with in the previous months, what we envisioned, we sort of had to set aside because when does he take over, be made official? Mid-August, two weeks before the season even yep. begins. Just a few weeks before the season even the begins. The 17th. Right, so yeah. this is, you know, the, this is not as if they had an entire summer to, hey, you know what, we're going to bring in a new coach. We're going to bring in a new sporting director. We're going to sell Jekyll. This was, and we've talked about it at length on here, Andy, this was an abnormal summer. Nothing about this transfer market, nothing about the last six or seven months has been normal and has been on schedule. And it's not only Roma, it's for all of Europe, the entire sporting landscape. This isn't even just a football issue. This is a, a global problem. So plans have to be delayed. What you initially laid out for your transfer market plans those get changed and what they stressed was the this this my the source of freaking that i have he was saying that what they did and what they had planned in the months when they thought they were going to take over in march they essentially had to set aside so i asked okay we we're hearing the whispers about fonseca we've heard about again there was contact with allegri so my question was to him, if if this stuff was going to be happening so soon into the season, then what was the point of confirming Fonseca to begin with? Why not just say, we'll hire, you know, sack Fonseca and hire an interim? I, I guess, what was the reasoning? Because we remember they do the takeover. And within the next week or two, we hear Freed can say, yep, we're going to keep Fonseca. We think he's working well with the team, blah, 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 blah. And all he said to me, his response was, prudence. Obviously, that was the most important thing at the time. However, your tweet, I think he was referring to the tweet where I said, Fonseca seems like a man who's already been condemned. He says, your tweet isn't totally accurate. It's not like we have someone waiting immediately to replace him. Which, I okay, maybe that is technically correct. But again, they have made contact with Allegri. So with this whole Fonseca thing, Andy, do you think this was merely... Do you, do you think the position that Fonseca in is right now is almost entirely linked to the fact that Allegri is available? Like, if if we weren't even discussing Allegri, if Allegri wasn't even an option at the moment, for me, and this is just my perspective, this is not anything that I was told by anybody at Roma or Friedkin, but for me, I think they just views, view this as an opportunity to bring a manager who has won a lot of things, probably the most winning, the winningest manager that they have brought in a number of years. I, I don't know who you could really compare him to, but I think they view this as more of an opportunity as opposed to an indictment on Fonseca. But that, again, my, simply my opinion, that is not what anybody at the club has told me. Is that sort of your view of it? Or do you just think they don't like the way Fonseca has been 
handling himself. Obviously, we don't know everything going on. We talked about on the patron-only episode recently, um, we talked about Fonseca in the press conference last week. You and I both thought that was kind of odd, the way he was talking about smalling the transfer market. And as I mentioned, there were people who are not happy with him saying, oh, Smalling, I expect him to be here in a few days, both at Roma, Manchester United. They were not happy with Fonseca's answer. So do you think this is more of a, oh, we can get Allegri? Or do you think this is more of a situation where the club is just unhappy with Fonseca? Uh, uh, wow. It, Maybe it's, both. Yeah, it may be. It, this is a very odd situation because... I have a, you know, I, I, I really have a, I, I really have a hard time believing that Allegri would be willing to step in into a season that is already in progress with the current roster, with, you know, the fact that tomorrow we will be playing with Santon um, as a starter. Uh, it, yes. That to, to <laughs> me, that's the. I can imagine that. That maybe they they you know there is a belief that you can go for uh, Allegri and that this is a, a, a an incredible opportunity because you know he hasn't made contact with other big clubs uh, in, in the Premier League as he wished. Remember when he was saying that he was learning English? Well, learning. English, I really don't right. know how how that panned out, but it doesn't seem good. Um, and so I I just think that this is. This is a very tough situation um, because you have the feeling that this is the end of the road for Fonseca. But this is the only second game of the season. At the same time, you know that Fonseca is clearly unhappy. What he did today when he brought out all the names of the formation for tomorrow, that was very uncharacteristic of him. That was Yeah, I was just about yeah. to ask you about that. How many times does this guy say, we will see tomorrow? That's his answer 99.9% yeah. of the time. Yeah, yeah. And um, again, and, you know, and in that formation, he, again, he sticks his middle finger to Paul Lopez. That's, again, that's, you know, yes. that would be this, a, a big game, second game of the season. Paul Lopez on the bench. You're, you're, you're a goalkeeper for $27 million. Um, and then And then what? And then he has this attitude of a guy clearly who is frustrated with everything around him, with everything that is going on inside of the club. Listen, I, I would love it if tomorrow we, we grab a win and, and we see a whole different Fonseca, but I have a different, a difficult time imagining that at the same time, I have a hard time again, time uh, imagining Allegri just, you know, stepping in like some uh, more expensive Mazzari, um, overtaking <laughs> somebody else's team that really, uh, you know, there are parts of this team that I think fit what, what Allegri likes, but other parts that are just clearly not for him. And um, I, I don't know how this team can be regarded as deep for somebody like Allegri. Uh, and, and it just, it's... This is very, it's very, it's very strange. And I, I, I don't know how much of this is actually true. How, how serious would Allegri be about, you know, getting into, getting involved with Roma? How Roma, how serious are Roma about pursuing a guy like Ragnik? Um, it, it, it's, and again, this, the, the most, the most challenging aspect of it is that you're not looking at, 
the end of a season and the preparations for a new one. No, you have already started the new season. It's it's already in progress. And you still have a few days to figure out some last moves for the transfer market. And, um, and yeah, and again, do we really know who, who Allegri is? I mean, he doesn't have the reputation for easiest guy in the world. He has so many right. requirements. And I'm here just asking myself, do Roma, do Roma really have it in them to, to after the second game of the season, be willing to, to give a contract, to give this team into the hands of Allegri? Because um, I, I, don't, I, I don't really see uh, this panning out the way everybody imagines it panning out. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, for me, this is, I, I don't know what's going on here with Fonsec. I, I, I really, really don't. Part of me thinks, and I, I think this is something you you perhaps touched on just, just briefly, but I almost get the feeling this is him trying to express his frustration with the market. Because again, the club was not happy with the manner in which he expressed the the desire to have Smalling at his disposal. By he he, I mean, he was hoping to have him available for this match. I can understand his frustration, really, really, I do. And I'm I'm going to assume that you agree with this, Andy. But it really seems like he's been put in a no-win situation because we have last season he arrives. He oh, does, he does well. Yeah. He do, I think I think we would all agree Fonseca in his first season did relatively well. Obviously, he he made some mistakes. I'm sure even he would be willing to acknowledge that. But I think as a manager overall, I think he proved himself more than worthy that he is capable of managing a club like Roma. Now, for me, this season, it, it, it seems very... Um, it seems like he's in almost an impossible position because you have a new ownership group. They obviously want to make their mark on the club. They have their ideas, their way of working, what they envision for the club. Maybe even they have their idea of how they want to play football. I don't know. Again, I, I, I only know so much about freaking. It's very difficult to get things out of them uh, or even the people around them. So I don't know what the thinking is behind Fonseca beyond what I've already spoken about. But I just feel bad for this guy. I, I, I really, really do, because it seems like he has been put in a no-win situation. Right. I think we would all agree on the transfer market, what they've done so far has essentially, other than Kumbula, it's been non-existent. They've done nothing. Smalling, which was his, really, his only explicit re request, right? I mean, he's he hasn't talked about any other players. He hasn't said, oh, he hasn't, he hasn't discussed, oh, I want Milik, I, I want... A, a right back. I, I want a left back. I want a midfielder. He's talked about one guy, 
and that has been Smalling. And in fairness, he has been talking about Smalling, Andy, for months, and Roma have been talking, or have been talking and negotiating with Manchester United for <laughs> upwards of six or seven months for this guy. They've gone through, I think they're on their sixth different intermediary who they just appointed for the negotiations last uh, last week, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that, but I do know it's the sixth different intermediary that they're using. And I could understand his frustration because if you're the manager, you want to feel as if you are being backed by the club. And maybe from his perspective, he is feel like he is being left to hang out and dry. He's being abandoned in sort of a sense. And I have to tell you too, Andy, we heard uh, Guido Fianga, he spoke yesterday at the unveiling of uh, Pedro. He was unveiled to the media. And he was asked about Fonseca, and he said pretty clearly his position has never been under discussion. But I have to tell you, I was actually quite surprised he didn't back him a little more. And I wonder if the way we heard him speak today is in relation to that, or maybe it has something to do with everything we've touched upon. I just feel like, again, this guy has been put in an impossible position. Impossible, because even if he does well, um, it still feels like Freakin has their own ideas and perhaps wants their own guy. Yeah, and this was, you know, this was... The this was the the season for Fonseca to prove himself. We were sitting here, we were talking. Okay, this is you know this is uh, the season for many players to make it or break it. But this is also the the season where you know Fonseca has already an idea of what it's like to manage here. He he knows what the expectations are. He he's gotten a bit used to the the the, the, the Serie A, the style. Um, he has a, f- a clear formation in his mind for this team, and and so th- I think there was a lot of that too in him. He he knew that he could do better uh, in his second season. He knew that perhaps he needed just a few extra ingredients. Um, I think Roma did well by going and bringing in some a quality player like Pedro. I think that's a, an important addition. Um, especially after Zaniolo goes down, and again he finds himself in a in a situation where um, there is really n- not much belief in him, and and it's amplified, it's talked about, it, it shows players like Jeko, you know, go out and openly criticize the in-game management of his uh, after the Sevilla game. He has. Uh, the, the 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 hope that perhaps he will have a new striker um, instead of Jeko, uh motivated to go you know somebody who he can perhaps uh, create a better atmosphere because uh, you know with Jeko, um we've had a few instances in the past where Jeko may may be a great leader on the field but I don't know how great of a leader he can be in the Locker room. I remember when in that Bologna game under Di Francesco, um, Jeko and, and El Sharawi got into it, and the result yes. was one of the worst games we've ever played. I think uh, that 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 whole thing was an embarrassment. Where when we lost two to nothing um, against the Bologna, and 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 a few instances like that, even in the Porto game, Jeko, I don't know how much of a of a leader in the locker room he is, and and most of the time when we hear him 
getting into it with with somebody it, it very often leads to more negative uh things happening than the actual positives and it seems like that's the case with Fonseca the two are not on the same page and it's being talked about and that you know it, it just it fuels it it's like adding fuel to the fire and and so it's sad. It's sad because it wasn't supposed to be like that. I I I yeah. I can't say I imagined this to be the start of a new season, especially under this new ownership. And this is not to say that there is it's it's anybody's fault. I think this is the result of you know everybody rushing to get this football back on 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 its wheels. Everybody wants to see the sports uh, starting up again, and uh, very often this rushing of things especially in a, in a world that is being affected by a pandemic and in a sports world where there is real, very little money, um, uh, whole stadiums being shut down, clubs losing money left and right. On the transfer market, the biggest news are if Ranocchia goes to Genoa. Uh, that's the, I mean, that's the reality of the situation. And so I think it was, it was an impossible situation for both Fonseca and the club to come out of this, uh, you know, in a, in a good way. And, and, and I think this is, it's very disappointing because no matter what the result tomorrow is, you have a feeling that it, 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 it eventually it will all come to an end. If not now, then, you know, a month from now or, or two weeks right, from now, it's, right. it's inevitable by now. And you and I, we, we talked about whether or not this season was one of transition, if they can still achieve their objectives. And I think one of the most popular terms is always year zero. We're starting from scratch. For me, this almost feels like year negative one, because usually with a year zero, right, you at least have some of the pieces to which you will build upon your future. And in my opinion, I think Roma, particularly from a structural standpoint, they don't have any of the pieces that they have in place that they want for the future. Again, I wrote a little article about this. You can find it on the website. I talked about, spoke with a couple of people, both at Roma and at Freakin, about changes that could be made and how soon we could see those changes. And they said, well, you won't really see much happening until the all of the freaking people are put in place on the boards, uh, on, on the club's board of directors, which that meeting will take place on the 29th. So in what, a week, less than a week here? Oh, three, three days. days. <laughs> See, my math is terrible. I'm, these days are running together, man. So what I was told is that freaking, they want a completely different structure than what we've seen at Roma recently. So we've seen what? We've seen CEO, sporting director, working with Palotta. We've seen we've seen Monchi, who pretty much had autonomy on building the team. They're getting rid of that. They don't want that. What I was told is that Friedkin wants a CEO, and it's not out of the question that Fianca goes away. In fact, I would probably lean that the odds of him leaving are more likely than not. They also want a general director, I, I think, in terms of American sports, I guess you would compare him to like a general manager of a team. However, this individual, they will not only have uh, have building the team responsibilities, they'll have more responsibilities beyond that as far as sponsorship stuff, contracts, financial stuff. So they won't be focused solely on building the team. Then you'll have Ryan Friedkin as the vice president. 
and the Vice President Ryan and the General Director, they will work hand in hand. The CEO, he'll oversee everything. The on the pitch, the off the pitch aspects, back office aspects as well. He'll sort of be the, the, the ruler of the realm, as we could say. Then you have Ryan, the general director, and then they also want to hire a sporting director. So I talked, or I published something just a couple of hours ago, how uh, Roma, they made contact with Ranić, and I, I don't know, people just didn't, they were saying, oh my God, look, they're, they're bringing Ranić, but no, they just had contact and nothing has been decided. And that is sort of the model that they want. They want the CEO below that. They want the general director and Ryan, the general director sort of being like the right-hand man um, of Ryan, the vice president. And then just below them, they want a sporting director. So maybe because of the structure they want to put in place, they don't think that Fonseca would be okay with that sort of structure. I'm just guessing. I don't know how they feel about Fonseca. I just know what sort of structure that they're eyeing and want to have in place. So maybe that is why Fonseca uh, is sort of uh, on the on the fringes, I guess we could say, and why perhaps Allegri has said, you know what, I, I would like that. I would like that sort of model. It's <laughs> really, it, it really is pretty close to what we see at Juve, no? You have Paratici, you have Nedved, you have Agnelli at the top. It's very quite similar to that. That's the way they view it. Um, not so different at Inter as well. So this is a model that they sort of want right. to emulate that they've seen at those two clubs, which I think we would all agree has been successful, to date at least. And Inter, this is a, a club who also has a relatively new owner. And again, they've done very, very well since a new ownership group arrived. And I can't help but feel that a lot of what we're seeing now is just Friedkin wanting to put their stamp on things and do things their way. Because we have to remember, they... They have, I mean, negotiations started, what, Andy, last October? Right. And they they had a front row seat as to some of the chaos that can happen at the club, right? They saw how Palata ran things. They saw what happened with Petraki. They were there for all of it. They saw it unfolding right before their eyes. So I can't help but feel maybe they saw how last season went, and they thought maybe we don't want to— or, Maybe they took some lessons from that, and I would actually hope that would be the case. Now, I know that they spoke to a variety of individuals in different countries, Premier League, Serie A. I know they spoke to a couple of individuals at French sides, Spanish sides, about how they would structure, how they would build the club. And in my opinion, I think they want to take a completely different route than Palata did. Andy, how many CEOs did Palata have in the nine years? Was it five or six? Yeah, there was a lot of them. <laughs> it was a lot of different CEOs. And I think, or not that I think, I know Friedkin does not want to make the same mistakes as Palata. How many sporting directors in that time? The same? Four, five? Masada, wow. Sabatini, Monchi, Petrake. I mean, the list goes on and on. It was very clear during Palata's time, and we could blame why Roma didn't win anything during his time on a number of things. But there, there, there is one thing that is indisputable, and that is there was no continuity at the top of the club. Juve, how many CEOs did they go through in that time? Other than Pepe Marotta leaving, did they change anything since Palotta arrived in those nine years? No way. They've had consistency at the top, 
And I think Freakin realizes that in order to get success on the pitch, you need to have strong, stable, and an aligned group of directors at the very top of the club. And I'm not going to criticize them for that. And if that means there being some bumps and some difficult times in the short term, in the view of long-term winning, consistency, and perhaps trophies, then as difficult as it is to take it in the moment, I think that's something we have to be patient for. And I think one thing that is also getting lost in this is I know the last 365 days with Palata were painful. They were ugly. They were not good. And patience is already very, very low, right? But I, I, it's easy for you and I to sit here with this platform and say, oh, everybody, just, just be patient. We have to give them time. But I think we, we do have to give them time. We have to be fair to them, right? We did yeah. give Palata time in those first couple of years right do you do we remember the summer of 2011 what happened they changed everything the team they changed directors everything changed in that time and the first two seasons under Palata were they were terrible 2011 2012 and then 2012 2013 were just awful plenty of growing pains plenty of growing pains I think now Friedkin is working with a much stronger base than what Palata had. So I think they do have more building blocks to work with. But if we afforded Palata that patience, then I think it is only fair that we give it to Friedkin. Whether or not the decisions, we agree with them or not, I still think we need to afford them the same level of patience and time that was afforded to Palata. Now, there is a match tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Smooth transition. Oh, gosh. Smooth transition indeed. So, uh, listen... This is, this is a team, as you said at the very top, this is a team that is going to feature Davide Santon at right back. You're going to have a starting defense with a 24-year-old, a 20-year-old, and a 21-year-old, and then a 65-year-old Mirante at the back. <laughs> and then you're going to have Pellegrini in the midfield, something I have never been a fan of. But you will have Jekyll, Mkhitaryan, Pedro in the attack. I think that's actually very strong. I'm happy with that. I'm glad to see Fonseca is trying something new. Juve is Juve, Andy. Okay, even with Pirlo, they struggled last season with with Sarri. Okay, but Juve is Juve. I don't know what to expect from this match because there is so much noise and distraction going on off the pitch. It is difficult for me to set an expectation as to what I should know will happen or expect from this Roma on the pitch. Is that how you feel too? Because for me, they have every reason to perform terribly tomorrow. They, they have every excuse in the book. You have a manager who doesn't know if he's remaining. You have your captain who is pushing to join the team that you're facing, right? You have essentially, other than one guy, You've had nobody come in on the transfer market, no reinforcements, okay? I, I just, ah, it's so difficult. <laughs> I don't know what to expect now. I really, really yeah. don't. And um, I just wish that there, the, 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 I, I, I hope not to see people tomorrow cheering on for a loss, expecting. No, oh, ex- come on. No, expecting, no, no. Ex- I expecting hope not. Expecting this on. loss to be directly linked with uh, Allegri's arrival because um, that would probably not be the case and um, with our luck if tomorrow we lose 
the next one to sit on the bench is Mazzari, and I don't think anybody wants to see that. Uh, but being serious on it for for a moment is that uh, this is a team that you know may very well lose this game. You know, you have all the all the ingredients for a perfectly written disaster, but at the same time. Um, this is a, a team that I think offensively is stronger than we give it credit for. Uh, I understand that Pellegrini, if he plays along with Vertu, he's not going to be in his ideal uh, position. Um, that's, you know, it, 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 it had to happen at some point, especially after Diawara giving probably his worst performance uh, against Verona since we have seen him in a Roma shirt. Then there is that element of of, of the defense. Uh, I, I you know I'm excited to see Kumbula play. Um, I I hope to see a lot of personality. I hope to see a, a a defense that is smart and will not make mistakes under pressure because that's what always pisses me off when we play against Juve. It's like we 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 we, we just crap our pants and um and give them room that they don't deserve to have we we just welcome them in we 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 roll down the 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 red carpet um and and most of the time Juve don't deserve that and certainly tomorrow I think we have our chance to to play um I want Jekyll to give everything he has I you know I don't care if Fonseca keeps him there uh, until his legs fall apart, he needs to play like a captain, like he cares. I need to know that this guy is is not actively going against Fonseca, against the management, against you know his own will to perhaps go somewhere else and win. Uh, I need him to perform tomorrow. I need, I need him to play like a true captain, not getting pissed off, not being moody. I want him to have an impact. I'm excited to see how that works. The Pedro, Jeco, uh, and Mkhitaryan link up. I'm I'm really excited for that. And all in all, this is a, a winnable game. We can get a result. I hope the motivations are there. Um, if 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 we lose, it's all going to be on Fonseca. It's all going to be on the oh we didn't get this guy on the transfer market. But we know that this Roma we. We say it ourselves. The base is good. There, there is. You know, you read the starting lineup, and yes, Santon is 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 going to be there. But this is still a quality team, and and if they want to, they can have a they can get a result. Um, I I really don't want any excuses because I've read enough. I've heard enough. This is football. It's it's not science. We, we you know we we play to win tomorrow and whatever else, uh, wh- whether it is Ragnik as a, as a sporting director or as a general manager or or Allegri coming in, uh, that comes later. That that has nothing to do with tomorrow. But unfortunately, I realize that the the current mood outside and inside Trigoria says otherwise. It's, again, I think they have every excuse in the book that they can use if the result does not go their way tomorrow. I, I, it's just, there is so much going on, so much noise. And I think for me, Andy, the, the biggest, sh- not shame, or disappointment in all of this is that it's the not even the second match. We're sitting here after the first match, one day before the yep. second, and 
it, it it's very particular because it almost feels like this season is lost and it's it's very very again I, I hate to repeat myself but particular in the sense that how is it we're not even in October yet and right. there is already this sense of hopelessness there is this sense of everything has just all of our expectations have yep. gone astray they're out the window it does this is yeah this is the continuation of last season there wasn't any time to to regenerate to you know to to find the energies to find the positive attitude that you normally find you know in in a summer uh in, in a summer break you, you, when when you know when they go to the states they play a few friendlies you have all that or you know you go to uh, wherever it is that Roma go to in the mountains and and you know you you play a little friendlies you you understand what pieces fit what don't here you didn't have that you didn't have that time between the start of the new campaign and that awful Sevilla loss so it, it, it all fits into a narrative and 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 we are here and we are driving towards that conclusion that everybody wants us to drive to the meaning you know, this Roma is hopeless. Fonseca needs to be sacked. He doesn't fit the project. And we need somebody else, somebody better. So just to end here, then, we talked about, or, or you brought up Allegri, how he doesn't seem like a guy who who would just take over a team that really wasn't built for him. Maybe Do you think, and may, may, perhaps this is more conspiracy theory than actual fact, but do you think that's perhaps why Roma have been delaying or lagging on the market that perhaps they don't want to splash the the funds for guys on a manager that perhaps might not even be here in another month. Is it, For me, that's at least a feasible way to look at it because <laughs> I, I, I just refuse to believe, really, I, I, I refuse to believe that after six, seven months of negotiations that you cannot come to an agreement with Manchester United on a guy who's not even in their plans. Okay, they want 20, 25 million euros. Price tag. If you're that motivated for a player, what you do is you 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 sit down, you hammer things out, and you come to an agreement. Listen, with Kumbula, they they went from having no contact to ha- having agreed upon a contract and a fee with Farona literally within the same day. And Kumbula's father even admitted this, that they went from having no contact with Roma to essentially closing a deal all within the same day. They went from zero to having his medical booked and him arriving the next day. It was something absolutely surreal. So I refuse to believe, refuse to believe, that after all of these months, Roma have been unable to find anything resembling an agreement with Manchester United for a player that the manager has explicitly requested. For me, there has to be something beyond. There ha- yeah, I don't there, know what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, I agree with. There has. To- don't don't you agree? I mean, I don't think it's too um, far fetched of us to to believe that maybe they just don't want to buy this guy because they either don't like Smalling or B. They they think it's a bad purchase, and they don't think Fonseca will be here much longer. Yeah, there has to be. Uh, you know, I think that this is an issue with with Roma uh, in the Palota era is that there has been there have been too many talking heads at the same time, and I think at Roma there is there is a whole you know uh, a whole hierarchy that we don't know about, or people uh, people thinking one way and other people thinking the other way instead of collaborating and instead instead of coming to similar conclusions and so you have that probably that side 
of the management that wants Smalling to be here and, and the other side that doesn't want and, and, and perhaps doesn't believe that this is a good player for the future, for a long-term project, for a Roma that is yet to be built. Um, and so it just, but to me now it's, you know, because we say, okay, but if not Smalling, then you go for an alternative and they've had a long time to find alternatives. We're hearing Marcao, but that, that it doesn't, it's nothing is sure yet. So it, it just, I think that there was already trouble understanding each other regarding what the hell do we want from this market. And then after that, a market that is literally based on opportunities. As you said many, many right. times, Kumbula was not on Roma's radar. Kumbula, you know, was, was was his his fate at Roma was sealed within those five hours. He was gone from Verona, um, and that was it. But that was an opportunity that you 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 took advantage of. And um, you know, Pedro was a, a pre-planned uh, a deal um, already. Discussions of it were made in in, in the winter break. So. That that does not really count for a piece of this puzzle that is this current transfer market. So I think everything has to do with it. Every every little tension, every little hierarchy within the Roma management, and then add to that this market that is really based on opportunities. And most of the time, these opportunities don't pan out. Kumbula was an exception to the rule. Um, and you get this, you get a very, a, a very odd transfer market for many, many teams. Uh, that whole deal with Milik, I think, held up a lot of plans, whatever those plans were. Yes. Um, you yeah. had that under deal that went underwent some changes that we are not really sure of yet what, what really happened there. Uh, so again, it's whatever they had planned. From the get-go, it didn't really fit anybody's agenda. There was this guy that wanted this, the other guy wanted that, and then you add to that this whole chaos, and you get a classic Roma transfer market. Okay, since you are the ultimate pessimist, do they win or do <laughs> they lose tomorrow? Uh, they play well, and then they get screwed. That's Because oh that's the God. biggest fuck you I can oh take my. as a fan, is that tomorrow oh. they will play well and we will still lose. Okay, well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm just keeping up a, a reputation. Okay. Hey, fair enough, okay. All right, we will be back after tomorrow's match. Hopefully it goes the opposite of what Andy said. I would be perfectly fine with them playing terribly and shithousing their way to a 1-0 to victory. I would be completely content with that. I would be thrilled with that. Oh, yeah. Sign me oh, up definitely. right now. <laughs> Okay, all right, we will be back after tomorrow's match, everybody, on Monday. So thank you again for listening. Thank you for your support. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Stay safe, and we will talk to you in a couple days. So until then, ciao. Ciao.